We hope you have your fall clothes all lined up and ready to go. This is Adashina Koiki, and you're listening to the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. It's been a little while since we have produced the broadcast and brought it to you, but this is episode number 31, and it is in your ear right now. And what a time of the year in the sports world. It's October, it's the fall, and all of these sports going on right now. The National Football League, college football, the Major League Baseball postseason going on right now, the NBA preseason, the National Hockey League about to get started, women's professional hockey leagues in North America starting. You have Major League Soccer, International Soccer. You have the WNBA Finals going on between the top two teams in the WNBA, Los Angeles and Minnesota. It'll make your head explode if you're a sports fan, but in a good way. It's a whole lot of fun and Hopefully we bring some of that fun to you right now on this podcast for episode number 31. And we have a couple of great guests. Our first guest, our first interview is with the 2002 Olympic gold medalist in figure skating in Salt Lake City, Sarah Hughes. We caught up with her a couple of months ago for a Salute to Strong Women event that preceded a World Team Tennis event in the Forest Hills section of Queens, the former site of the United States Open, the U.S. Open uh, major in tennis. And we got a chance to speak with Sarah Hughes during this event where Billie Jean King was the keynote and a few other uh, pioneering women in sports were there as well. And Sarah Hughes was there. We got a chance uh, to talk with her and our interview with Sarah coming up in just a couple of minutes. We talked about her post-figure skating career, and we also took her back to 2002 in Salt Lake City uh, when she won the gold medal in remarkable uh, come-from-behind fashion, if you will. Our feature interview after the Sarah Hughes interview is with a person who spent a lot of time in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, covering the Bayou Bengals, the LSU Tigers football team. Her name is Erin Cofield. She is currently the sports director at WFFF and WVNY, the Fox and ABC affiliates in Burlington, Vermont. But before that, she spent time in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at WAFB and covering the LSU Tigers. We talked about Les Miles, who was recently fired last month uh, after 11 plus seasons as head coach at LSU after a loss to the Auburn Tiber- Tigers to drop LSU to two and two and uh, very unfortunate circumstances. Uh, Les Miles, such a successful coach, winning a national championship, a couple of SEC titles, but uh, was on shaky ground for a good number of years. And after the loss last month to Auburn, uh, dropping the two and two after they lost to Wisconsin in the season opener, Les Miles was let go by the LSU administration. And we got a chance to talk with Aaron and she got a chance to know Les Miles pretty well in terms of interviewing him one-on-one a few times. So the perspective from Aaron Cofield in terms of what Les Miles was like as a person. So that is the feature interview with Aaron Cofield, who also has a great local sports segment, Darren Aaron. And if you listen to the interview, you'll know what that is all about. So our feature interview is with Aaron Cofield. Our first interview is with a gold medalist, Sarah Hughes from the 2002 
Olympic Games, Winter Games in Salt Lake City in figure skating. So Sarah Hughes coming up in a few seconds, followed by Aaron Cofield talking about LSU and the erstwhile head coach of the football team, Les Miles. So sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. I know you will. And we will see you at the very end of the show. The Summer Olympics are getting all the attention right now in Rio, but it's not too early, never too early to talk about the Winter Olympics and maybe specifically gold medalists from past Winter Olympics. And I'm pleased to be joined right now on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast by the 2002 Ladies Singles Champion in figure skating, gold medalist, and Great Neck Nassau County's finest, Sarah Hughes. First of all, Sarah, thank you so very much for uh, joining us. Uh, I saw one fan here at the uh, Salute to Strong Women here in Forest Hills in Queens, right before uh, a world team tennis tennis event i saw one fan come up to you with a picture of you on the podium back in 2002 in salt lake city and you having to sign it out what is what are those uh, what memories (laughs) come back to you when you see photos like that and you're signing autographs it's nice i mean obviously i have you know phenomenal memories from the olympics and being able to take part in it and now you know, meeting all these young kids here today and hearing about all the different sports they're involved in. And um, one of the girls was just telling me about a robotics project she was doing. So um, to be able to meet and hear all the different talents and interests these girls have, um, you know, mind skating and Olympics and I love talking about it, but I love as much hearing what other people are doing as well. And you're right now in the uh, University of Pennsylvania Law School, I believe, yes. after graduating uh, from uh, Yale University, I believe, you, as yeah. well. Yes, yeah, so congratulations to you on that. How has your post-skating athletic career been? Not to say that your athletic career is over, specifically. I, I love it. Today, before the event, you know, Billie Jean King, is. Uh, she loves to hear what everyone's doing as well and what people are up to and always wants to help people and connect people. And um, we love telling her about it. I um, loved Yale, and now I'm learning a lot as a law student, and it's just completely different, and it's cool to be able to pursue all these different interests I have as well. And how much are you following the uh, current oh Summer Olympics? God. The Summer Olympics, I watch all the time. I love it. I love Katie Ledecky's Unbelievable, and they're so inspirational. When I saw Ali Raisman like, come back four years later and compete at the super high level is... Um, that's inspiring to me. And then coming here, I mean, um, seeing Erin Smart, what Erin and her brother Keith um, did. I remember watching their career. Then Erin actually went to business school at the University of Pennsylvania. So um, we were talking about that a little bit before, too. But it's nice to, um, you know, be a massive Summer Olympics fan and then become friends with some of them. And then at events like this, be able to reconnect with Erin and um, talk to her as well about these things. And I mentioned you're a New York native, just outside of New York City, and you've been involved in uh, the program Figure Skating in Harlem, uh, which is the uh, nonprofit organization which offers uh, free lessons in ice skating as well as academic tutoring, and that's something that's so special. And how did you get involved, and how are you still involved in the program? I got involved with uh, Figure Skating in Harlem, I want to say back in 1999. It was so much smaller than in Sharon Cohen who founded it and has really grown the program has done an unbelievable job with it because she's um, been able to um, get more girls to be able to come in because there's a long wait list a lot of girls want to come in and join the program 
and it's just hard, I think, to find the space and the ice time and the tutors and, you know, to be a first generation to go to college, to graduate from college, that's what you're seeing with the program now and because, you know, and being involved in so long, I watched these girls grow up and you just feel so, um, so happy and proud because you know that they're, um, they have these great goals and they're able to fulfill them and then they go and they um, put their hand down and they bring the next girl up and that's really what these girls just keep doing and they're role models for each other. They come back. Now I'm on the um, honorary board of directors for the program and I mean I just hope it keeps growing and growing and growing because it's been so beneficial to so many families in Upper Manhattan. It's not just Harlem. I mean girls come from other boroughs to take part in the program. Uh, Sarah Hughes joining us. And one last question. Uh, how much do you still think about 2002, not just uh, after the short program being fourth and then the coming back and winning? How much do you still think about it? Is it still something where you think about it and go how amazing it was, maybe a little disbelief still, given <laughs> where you had to come back from being fourth in the short program, Michelle Kwan being the favorite? I know. No one ever went from fourth place to win yes. overall. I know. I'm... It's, I, it's hard to explain the system now because the scoring system is a little different um, then. I definitely feel the excitement when I watch the Olympics because I had such, um, you know, my gold medal performance was such a highlight of my life's work in figure skating and my team around me. So when I watch now, you know, I think about it maybe a little more when I watch the Olympics now because I remember my team and being part of Team USA and meeting athletes from different countries and athletes that I've just admired and respected and, you know, been a role model for my entire life. And you and I see it now in the athletes when they're taking part of it. So it kind of sometimes feels like I'm there even though right now I'm not. <laughs> uh, have you still kept in contact with maybe some of those athletes that you first met in Salt Lake City yes, in 2002? I have. Uh, well, um, some of the athletes and I have become friends and you know we stay in touch and as we go to different parts of our lives we also stay in touch and then when we get together it's like no time has passed it's that type of friendship Sarah Hughes thank you so very much for joining thank us thank you so much I appreciate it and you know enjoy the tennis tonight I will thank you one day after LSU Tigers lost their second football game of the 2016 season on the road, on the plains against the Auburn Tigers, 18-13 to on September 24th. The LSU administration decided to part ways with the football coach at LSU, Les Miles, and that ended an era in Baton Rouge. And a lot of really good times during the 11-plus years uh, at LSU that Les Miles was head coach, 114 wins, a couple of SE championships and also a national championship in the 2007 season but as much of a magnetizing and gravitating figure that uh, Les Miles was he also uh, was a polarizing figure with fans across the SEC and in uh, Baton Rouge as well because of some of his in-game decision making as head coach as well as his 
eccentric, you would say, sometimes uh, behavior on the sidelines um, and in press conferences. And joining us right now on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast is a reporter who spent time, a lot of time, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Her name is Erin Cofield. She is currently the sports director at WFFF and WVNY, the Fox and ABC affiliates in Burlington, Vermont, and one time was a reporter in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, starting in 2007 at WAFB and also at CST as well. Two stints as a reporter in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and she is also the producer and star of one of the best local sports segments uh, in the country, Darren Aaron, where she morphs from sports reporter to star athlete slash stunt woman. Uh, so, Aaron, thank you so very much for joining us. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. I think it's more stunt woman than star athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will get to talk about that uh, in a little bit. But uh, as I mentioned, you spent time as a reporter uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for about four or five years plus, uh, starting in 2007, a couple of stints. And you were there uh, right when LSU is getting ready to uh, win its uh, latest national championship in 2007. Uh, I know you heard the news, obviously, about uh, the LSU administration uh, parting ways with uh, Les Miles. What was your initial uh, reaction once you found out the news? Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I I guess I wasn't really that surprised. I think it's hard because you have to go back to last fall in that Texas A&M game and how everyone had been calling for him to be fired when they lost a couple games in a row and then they had this huge win and the players are carrying them off their off the field on their shoulders and I remember at the time feeling like I was like watching like a living funeral but also being kind of annoyed because it was like all of you know the fans and the administration were all calling for him to be fired and now they're praising this man that I almost you know felt bad for him but he comes back and goes into this year, and I think he was kind of, you know, set up in a situation where if things didn't go well, especially early on, he was kind of, you know, walking on eggshells for a while. So as unfortunate as it is that they did it, you know, so early in the season, I think, you know, I don't know how many people were incredibly surprised that it happened. Uh, you got to spend some time with Les Miles one-on-one and interview him and uh, 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 be a part of events that included Les Miles and uh, his family as well. Uh, what was your uh, takeaway from interviewing Les Miles and getting to know uh, Les Miles the person as opposed to Les Miles uh, the football coach? Yeah, so I pretty much, I mean, I began my sports career in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which, you know, as a hotbed for sports, it's a pretty great place to be. But Les Miles is one of the first head coaches that I've ever met. So what I always say is, you know, kind of like your dad sets the bar high for men you date, Les Miles kind of set the bar high for how I just assumed that all head coaches were and act. And he was, you know, incredibly personable. I, you know, I'm a 23-year-old, fresh out of college female in this world with a lot of guys, and he never treated me any differently. He'd make sure I had everything I needed. He'd answer everyone's questions, and he was just, you know, like a nice guy. When I look back at that now, and I've, I did sideline reporting for a while, I've worked in other markets, I've dealt with a lot of head coaches, 
I quickly learned that, you know, the way that Les handles himself, the way that he treats the media and the people around him uh, is not necessarily the norm, but in a good way. Yeah. Uh, it's almost yeah. as if uh, Les Miles spoiled you. <laughs> he, did. He, totally, he totally did. <laughs> and, I mean, he, his whole family, like, and I caught him when they were at the top. You know, there's, we're winning the championship. It's a time when a lot of, you know, coaches and people would maybe, you know, have a little bit of a big head and, you know, act like they're a hot shot and too good for stuff. But him and his wife, Kathy, had encountered a lot and done some things with her. Like, they were just such, like, a great, nice family. You see them on the sideline of his son's high school football games, and he'll take time to stand there and chit-chat with you and, and that kind of thing. Uh, once again, we are talking with Aaron Cofield, sports director at WFFF and WVNY in Burlington, Vermont, and one-time sports reporter in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as we're talking about uh, LSU football, specifically Les Miles after his dismissal uh, in late September. Uh, a lot of... Fans like to uh, remember a lot of different things about Les Miles uh, and or go to YouTube and watch uh, certain things uh, that Les Miles did on the sidelines and in press conferences as well that gets a lot of attention, obviously, with uh, being a football coach in uh, almost inarguably the best conference uh, in the country. Are there any uh, stories of your interactions with Les Miles, or maybe one or a couple that really stick out in really describing who Les Miles was outside of what people may see in YouTube videos? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that sticks out, you know, in my head is a lot of times we'd be there for the media availability after practice, and the players are coming in and out, and Les is maybe, and they're kind of hanging out. And, you know, this was when his children were younger. They're Right now they're all kind of like the youngest is almost in high school and then through to one in college. But So it's when they were, you know, four to ten, and they'd be, you know, in the facility, running around, hanging out with them. And, you know, I always just remember thinking, like, he is a family man, you know, in addition to being a big-time football coach. And it just seemed like he always would place an emphasis on, you know, the importance of that and on finding time to do that and to make time for his family, you know, because football's a huge deal, especially to people in the South and to SEC fans and LSU fans. But for him, it was almost like, he could, you know, see the big picture of things and made sure to, to take care of his family and, you know, have them have a large piece of his life. And so to me, that was, you know, always a big thing. Um, other than that, though, like specific stories aside from, you know, eating the grass and <laughs> things like that is I, I just like how he'd always, you know, kind of play along. Like there's this little old man, Ted Castillo, who wrote for one of the papers in Baton Rouge for ages, and he's, like, in his 90s now. But they let LSU still, for every press conference, their weekly one, would have him come in, and he'd get one question was what he got every time. And sometimes they were completely off the wall, and sometimes there were questions that the other reporters in the room were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you asked him that, because he would just straight up ask him about some, you know, outrageous call or something. And then sometimes it was funny. Like, he's the guy who... Some people might remember, asked him what it was like to be interviewed by a pretty young thing like Aaron Andrews. And, you know, and <laughs> Les Miles just laughs because it's, you know, it's not the creepy old man doing it for everyone that knows Ted. You know, it's this funny guy, and Les just, you know, goes into it and buys into it and has fun with it. One time we did a media day, media pro day, mm-hmm. and Les was there while, you know, we all try to do vertical jumps and stuff like that, and he just, 
you know, but I didn't do it and have fun with it. It's not like he doesn't have time for you. I don't think he sleeps, but <laughs> it wasn't like he didn't have time for you. A media pro day. Uh, please tell me you and others were <laughs> timed uh, for your 40 we dash and other things. Okay. We were. This was, uh, you mentioned that Darren Aaron segment, so we turned it into that. But down there, there's a lot of media between radio and websites now and TV and newspapers. So right around the time of a pro day for the college guys going to the NFL, they held a, a mini media one where we ran the 40, we did a vertical jump, we did all kinds of stuff. And so he was there. One of the radio guys tripped and fell and broke his collarbone, too. It was a pretty crazy, I mean, it was taken very seriously, too. <laughs> uh, and it, uh, did that deter you from, I guess, participating, knowing how, uh, 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 I guess, in a way, risky uh, that was, if you're not nah. the most elite of shape? <laughs> <laughs> nah. I, well, I think I knew. It was me and a bunch of guys, so I knew I wasn't going to do very well, so. I was just happy to do it. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the type of person Les Miles is, the family man that Les Miles is, and I'm not uh, saying that the other uh, 13 head coaches uh, in the uh, SEC aren't family men and don't have that side to them, but you see uh, guys like Nick Saban, at least on the surface, and Hugh Freeze and Kirby Smart and some other uh, coaches in the SEC, and it seems as if they're so consumed with football. Um, and I guess you have to be so consumed with football when you're coaching um, uh, in the SEC, where it's really essentially coaching uh, uh, a pro team compared to coaching some other uh, schools across the country. Do you think that um, Les Miles' personality, uh, I guess, off the football field kind of hurt him in terms of uh, perception? Not that um, what he was doing and being a family man was bad, but did people want him to be just more, even more focused or more maniacal or almost Saban-like uh, with his personality? I don't think that in the, in the beginning, like I think that they didn't because they were winning and everything was great. So I think when things start to, to go bad, that's when they suddenly – change it and, you know, and think of what worked. And I think it's difficult when they look and see Nick Saban at Alabama, you know, having the success he has. I think that all of a sudden makes them say, oh, he's, you know, he's got something our coach doesn't. We want him to be more like, you know, Nick Saban. But Les Miles and Nick Saban, like I've met Coach Saban as well. And, I mean, they're two coaches from opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think a part of what made, you know, Les Miles such a, or makes him such a good recruiter is that personality that he has and the way that, you know, I can see him sitting in a recruit's house with their mom who's terrified to let their son go to school and her looking at Les Miles and saying, like, you're a genuine guy. You know, I want my son to play football for you. And, you know, I think that that's why LSU had all that or still has, I guess, all of that great. And they've lost, you know, some some recruits because of it, whether or not, you know, that'll be forever. I guess we'll see. But I have noticed the difference, and I've never met Coach O, but I still get transcripts from press conferences. And I actually tweeted last night that the Coach O press conference reminds me of a, a Bill Belichick press conference. And Coach Belichick's known as, you know, if you ask him something he doesn't really want to talk about or doesn't know much about, he'll just, you know, we're just going to do our job and focus on the team. And Coach, Coach O was kind of like that, whereas Les might have said the same thing over and over again, but 
he'd humor you a little bit. Uh, once again, Aaron Cofield joining us, sports director at uh, WFFF and WVNY in Burlington, Vermont, and one-time uh, sports reporter in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as we talk about uh, Les Miles and LSU, the LSU football team. Uh, describe, if you can, uh, and I'm sure you will be able to, uh, the LSU fan uh, and a lot of uh, fan bases in the SEC obviously are passionate, and some may have an, I guess, inflated sense of how good their football team is and or their uh, football program and put high expectations on it, and sometimes their team reaches it and sometimes it's not, and uh, uh, the fans can react to it and uh, maybe overreact uh, to it. Uh, your experience with being around fans in uh, Baton Rouge, just describe uh, the uh, LSU Tiger Bayou Bengal football fan. Uh, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you nailed it when you talked about passion because they're some of the most passionate fans that I've ever been around. And I think, you know, sometimes it can be to a fault, but I think that there's kind of people <laughs> of sports teams everywhere that are sometimes so passionate that at times you look at it and you're like, that, you know, football is a big deal, that team is a huge deal, but, like, the sun will rise. But there were a lot of times last year where, I joke since I'm in Vermont now, I'd like call my, one of my friends down there. I'm like, hey, did the sun come up? Because if you go on the internet and I get on Facebook and I, you know, on message boards is, you know, you'd have thought that the whole world came crashing down because of, you know, what happened. And it is a big deal and people invest a lot of money in it. But I think that, you know, a lot of times it's an instant, once you find success, it becomes an instant gratification type thing. And once, you dip down and, you know, have some struggles, it's get rid of them, not, you know, hey, we're going to sit in it and figure it out, you know. And I felt bad when, you know, when I did my, I did a post on Facebook about Coach Miles and, you know, and a a couple people said, you know, well, you can't remain a a coach just because you're a nice guy. And I said, you know, like, you're right, like, that's, but that's not what we're talking about here. When, you know, I'm not talking about whether or not he, you know, was a good coach and was running, you know, good plays and managing the clock. Well, I'm just talking about, you know, him as, him as a person. And it's you feel bad when anyone you know and you like, you know, has a setback. I said, some people might think I'm a great sports reporter. Some people might think I'm a terrible sports reporter. But at the end of the day, like, I hope that they all agree that I'm a good person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's pretty important. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And- but, like, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of – uh Keyboard, keyboard quarterbacks, I guess, who, you know, throw wild, you know, things out there, and one day they loved him, and then the next day they hated him, and the next day they loved him, and just like, it's, ex- I think it's exhausting to live the <laughs> emotional roller coaster some of you people live. Yeah, how does a reporter do that? Uh, yeah. Having to, I guess, uh, take the temperature of fan bases and have to... Uh, 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 report about the team and report about uh, uh, you don't necessarily report about the fan base but you're reporting about the team and you do it as objectively as possible but even when you do your job whether it's yourself or Les Miles uh, there's still uh, backlash uh, from yeah. from fans Just how, I mean how does that how does that feel when you are just doing your job and despite that um, or just sharing an opinion alright because you know you're entitled to yeah. your opinion how does that you know how does that make you feel or are you able to compartmentalize uh, uh, that part with the uh, part where you have to be professional and, and just do your job yeah I mean for a while I, I would joke that you know I felt like 
Les Miles, you know, might decide to eat his eggs the wrong way, and there's going to be a message board thread about it because it was like he couldn't do anything right. But it's true. You know, if the majority of a, you know, you have to be objective and look at the big picture. And if people are, you know, if the whole fan base is upset, like, that's a story. But you have to also remember that, like, wise old thing that I'm sure someone said about how, you know, for every five people that complain, there's probably ten who are happy. They just don't you know, vocalize it. So it's hard because people who are upset are more upset. And as a reporter, you just kind of have to do your job, but also understand that, that, you know, the fans aren't always on the inside. They don't know everything that's going on. They don't know why certain things are happening or certain guys are playing and, and that kind of a thing. So I think it was important to not, you know, fall into it. And I think for me, you know, I'm an LSU fan now. I always say I'm glad I can be an LSU fan now because I don't live in Baton Rouge and I don't cover them anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I lived down there, you want the team you cover to win because you know these people. And, again, if you have a relationship with people, you want them to find success. But as a reporter, you remain objective. And I think sometimes some of the people that work down there, there's so much media now. It's lifelong Baton Rouge people who, who grew up and lived it and breathed it before they worked in it. And so I think sometimes that's when it, I think there's a little bit of a line that sometimes gets kind of tiptoed on by some people where they let their, their fandom come out a little bit in their reporting. Yeah. Uh, once again, Aaron Cofield, sports director uh, at WFFF and WVNY in Burlington, Vermont, one-time reporter at WAFB in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And you spend a lot of time right now uh, in front of the camera and with a microphone. But also, a lot of times, you... Uh, trading your microphone for ice skates or pilot's (laughs) goggles or um, uh, anything that uh, 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 you can, I guess, get your hands on to be a part of the uh, segment that you do, Darren Aaron, which I believe started in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, where uh, you essentially take on the challenge of either fans or just other people who write in and talk about uh, uh, or ask you to uh, partake in some athletic activities uh, and see how you perform compared to other people who are, I guess, specialists uh, in those uh, activities. So, uh, and it's a great, segment i i definitely want to catch more of it i think i uh uh saw you fly once uh which i think i'll never i don't think i can ever look down not to say that i have a fear of heights but it's i i guess i'm as close to an acrophobe without being an acrophobe uh but um how did uh that uh segment start and it did start in baton rouge so i would definitely it did. yeah how did it start um, my, our sports director at the time, Steve Schneider, who's, you know, still my probably biggest mentor in the business, and I had been chit-chatting about, you know, wanting to do something different and unique, and in Louisiana, the segment is a bit different from how it is in Vermont, because okay. it started where it was like, you know, fans look and they know these players from, you know, the number on their back, and that's it, they could see them at the store and have no idea it's them kind of a deal. And we, you know, get to know the players and their personalities. And so I told him, you know, I wish there was a way we could do something, you know, kind of fun to show off their personalities or other hobbies they have. And so the very first year and Aaron actually involved LSU football, it was with uh, their kicker, Colt David, several years ago, who we had a field goal kicking contest. And, you know, I'm obviously not supposed to be as good as him, so I got to kick from a lot closer than he did. And I actually cheated to win by doing the whole flip that he did to score a a touchdown against South Carolina several years ago. 
So sometimes it's that I'll challenge them, like, at their given sport and obviously cheat to level the playing field. But a couple of times it became, hey, you know this guy because he's a football player, but did you know he also likes to bowl? Like, mm-hmm. Randall Gay, the safety from, for the Patriots and the That's Saints, he's a Louisiana guy, and he loves bowling and has a bowling lane in his house. So we did one where we bowled. You know, Craig Stelz was a safety for the Bears. He did yoga lattes, which, as I'm sure you can imagine, is a cross between yoga and Pilates. So I went and tried to do this yoga lattes class with him one day. And so it was fun because then people did. You know, they got to kind of feel like they had a little bit more access to the player and get to see what their personality was like and, and have some more fun. In Vermont, it's a little bit different because there's not, you know, the hotbed of professional athletes up here or former guys that went to college here. Um, but we still, you know, find fun things to do and do stuff. I just did penalty kicks and played goalie with UVM and soccer, who's been kind of in and out of the national rankings. I, like you said, I flew in a T-28 when they had an air show coming to town. Um, there's a lot of – I've been very fortunate to do a lot of fun things, and they're all on YouTube if you punch in Darren Aaron. You binge watch and watch my, my style change from the past <laughs> six to whatever, seven years to now. Uh, I have the next thing to binge watch now. Uh, yes, on, uh, on Netflix. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, Yoga Lotties. How was that? Yes. <laughs> it was, oh, my God, it was so hard. I was, like, dying. <laughs> It was so difficult. It was so difficult. Yes. Uh, the epitome of describing something that's hard. Wow, I felt like I was dying. Yes. Uh, it, it I did. like it was hard. I did. <laughs> I did one here recently where they bike. People bike. It's like eight miles to the top of Whiteface Mountain. Oh. And so I tried that, and I, like, two miles in, I was like, I need a ride for a mile or two. I'm dying. <laughs> it was bad. How, how is your cameraman feeling? <laughs> oh, he got to drive. He'd oh, of course. Out, he'd have to get a shot, and then he'd drive. So a couple of times I told the guy that I was doing it with, I said, I will tell everyone I cheated right now, but I'm taking a ride. And I did. You know, I cheat. I, I throw it on myself. All right. Ah, so it's not just Darren, Aaron. It's Darren, parentheses, Cheating. and honest Aaron, yeah. honest about oh, I like you know, that. whether you have to just cut corners. All right, I won't use the word cheat. Okay, you know. Oh, just... I like that you use honest <laughs> instead of cheat. Darren, and honest, yes, it's honest. Honest yeah. about what you would have to do to uh, try and achieve some of the feats that other people uh, in those fields achieve. So, um, no, I, I, no I'm, I would just be cheating at you, okay? Like, I would just come, <laughs> out, come out right in front and say, hey, we're doing this. Believe A, I'm not going to do it as well, and B, I will cut corners. Okay, but it's all for uh, uh, entertainment purposes. Okay, yeah. so yes, as long as you understand. And people love it. When I was in Louisiana, LSU was like going to the College World Series for baseball, and we'd do Darren Aaron's once every other week, and I'd be at the grocery store, and no one wanted to ask about baseball. They all just wanted to talk about Darren Aaron oh. and what's next and who's on it. So. Uh, so he's amazed me a little bit, but it's fun. Please tell me that there is a T-shirt, uh, a Darren Aaron T-shirt. If not, <laughs> you have to there, get that in production. <laughs> so there was not one while I was in Louisiana, and then Darren Aaron took a hiatus before I lived in Vermont. Mm-hmm. But for my 30th birthday, there was a Darren Aaron shirt made that said Darren Aaron turns 30. That We had a big party at a lake house, and everybody had these tank tops made that are still in circulation. Oh, so there's that. But good. I did think it would have been funny if there's like a I beat Darren Aaron or I lost to Darren Aaron. <laughs> so probably have to get like 
30 that say I beat Darren Aaron and like two that say I lost to Darren Aaron. <laughs> but but those two that you would eventually give out if you were to win would be priceless. Um, all right, And it, even better when they would wear it and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I challenged Aaron and I lost and I'm proud of it. Um, I guess I could put like in parentheses like, but she cheated no, underneath no, she, it. But she's honest. But she's honest, okay. But she's honest, all right? And then that'll be up to the interpretation of other people reading that about uh, what that means. Uh, Aaron Cofield, it has been a pleasure uh, talking with you, and thank you so very much for the time that you gave us uh, on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. We definitely hope to catch up with you soon, and um, I will definitely not catch up with you as part of a Darren Aaron segment, especially if it involves (laughs) anything with heights. Okay, if that's the case, you you know, climbing, biking, planes no okay but other than that uh, and swimming uh, you know i'm not a great swimmer other than that all right i would love to catch up with you uh and uh, thank you so very much for the time and uh, best of luck and success in your continued amazing uh sports broadcasting career thank you thanks so much for having me okay okay i admit it I have full-blown acrophobia. Uh, we do thank Aaron Cofield and Sarah Hughes so very much for making episode number 31 an amazing podcast. And that'll just about do it for episode number 31. So stay tuned to a lot of sports talk and a lot of sports talk.com. A lot of stuff coming your way there during this week. We will have extensive coverage of Big East men's and women's basketball media day. Yes, college basketball is around the corner. The past few years, we have covered covered the Big East Media Day at Madison Square Garden, but this year uh, it's going to be extra special because one of the teams is coming off winning the National Championship in men's basketball, the Villanova Wildcats. Uh, We're going to talk with a couple of the players that will appear at Madison Square Garden. We hope to also have a conversation with the head coach of the Villanova Wildcats, Jay Wright, as the Wildcats coming off their magical run in March and going into April and winning the national championship down in Houston. So we will have that coming up on a lot of sports talk. We'll also have coverage of the National Football League, our latest edition of the Down and Distance podcast, the NFL. Only podcast hosted by myself and Holly Culbertson. We'll have coverage of Major League Soccer as MLS goes into its playoffs. We'll also have coverage of the WNBA Finals as well. The Minnesota Lynx and the Los Angeles Sparks, LA winning on the road to take a 1 nothing series lead against the Minnesota Lynx in the best of five series. So a lot is coming up and on your way on a lot of sports talk we have our college football game of the week that we've covered every single week so stay tuned to see where we will be next week our ivy league football game of the week as lauren Foti uh is our reporter uh reporting all things reporting on all things uh ivy league so it's a lot of fun that we're having this October on a lot of sports talk and a lot of sports talk.com. And hopefully you can come along for the ride. So thank you so very much for tuning in and listening to episode 31 of the, a lot of sports talk podcast. Stay tuned next week. Next week we will have episode number 32. Thank you so very much for joining us and we will see you next week. Thank you so very much. Take care. Bye-bye.